All right, boys. So, you know, I've struggled with pain. You know, I've struggled with weight loss. You know, I've struggled with anxiety and you know, I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. What's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight's episode 16, titled Cruise Missile, because in a few minutes, we're talking to LSU superstar Dylan Cruz. But before Dylan joins us, Jim, my man, it was Christmas. How did it go, man? Tell me. Were you on the naughty list or were you on the nice list? Man, I believe I was on the nice list, but if I wasn't on the nice list, I should be now because my kids and wife got everything they wanted. Therefore, that puts me in good standing in my house. How about you? Uh, Pretty good, man. I've been battling COVID for the past seven days. It's it's been pretty rough, uh, bad timing. It's always, I guess it's never good timing to get it. So Christmas has been a little bit extended. We're having to do it in segments with parts of the family, but you know what? Um, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm lucky that I get a chance to have Christmas with people that matter the most, regardless of if it's done over two weeks time or if it's all done on Christmas Day. Well, the rumor is that you have watched 11 Marvel movies during your quarantine. Is this true? The the rumors are true. Um, I'm 11 in. I'm at if what I did is I watched them in timeline order, which shout out to Disney Plus for putting all those movies in timeline order and giving me the option of watching it that way so that I can see the story from start finish or at least to where the finish is right now um but you know uh it it took a little bit to get into it i think once i finished the second movie of captain marvel i was i was hooked i was in it Uh, i just finished up the second guardians of the galaxy i'm ready for avengers age of ultron and man i I, i'm excited man I, i feel like i've been missing out on the whole superhero phase in my life and now here it is and and, uh, i couldn't be more happier man there you go so we we got some sponsors man talk to us a little bit about that before we get into this big interview well uh we got a specific event coming up that's going to not only have some of the sponsors that we have but also some of our guests uh you know down in the hernando square oasis uh grooming barber and spa chris newsom he's putting on a, a charity event and it's going to have uh, true life changers you know who's who's helped me and others with our our health journey but um along with DeSoto grace and some others they are going to put on a free event for the community it's an outreach it's to start the new year off with some positivity they're going to take care of uh, some of those families in need but uh guys like austin riley and cameron james and keegan james and dallas wolfolk those guys um, they're going to be all out there amongst the community. They're going to have some musical acts and everything. So 
Uh, it's going to be February 5th in Hernando. Uh, I don't have the details on the time yet. They don't either. Um, but once we get those out, uh, you know, follow our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We're going to put it out. Go out there, support the community, support some of uh, our local and off the bench guest stars and uh, our sponsors as well. Absolutely. No better way to start off the new year than, than doing something for the community and doing something for other people. Uh, but speaking of other people, we got the man joining us tonight, one of the top baseball players in the country, man. So, Jim, let's get right into it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, LSU superstar Dylan Cruz. All right, Dylan, my man, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. How you doing? Very good. We are blessed as always. The holiday season is in full swing. We just had Santa come. We got our, our fair share of uh, gifts and treats. I got to ask, man, how was holidays? How was Christmas? Did you Were, were you on the, the naughty or the nice list? I was on the nice list this year. Thank God. Um, no, it was great. We had everybody come over at the house, um, you know, celebrated Christmas over at, over at my house. And uh, I, I got everything I wanted. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great year. You know, it's always important when you're on that nice list, you get everything you wanted, but did you get everything you needed? Yeah, that was the most important thing. <laughs> Definitely Absolutely. got everything I needed. Absolutely. I didn't really need anything, but yeah, I got everything. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like, you know, you just needed the, the family. You needed to see the people, get a, get a little get a little love before, you know, you hit the spring and, and, and get running really hard because I'm sure when you guys get back, it's going to be full go. But, man, you know, before we get into baseball, you know, talk to me a little bit about where you're from. Let's get the backstory, how you grew up, brothers, sisters. Give me the scoop, man. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm from uh, Longwood, Florida. Um, went to Lake Mary High School. Um, I got a younger sister. I got an older brother, two older sisters. So I got a pretty big family. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I went to Lake Mary High School. I got, um, recruited, um, starting my freshman year. Um, you know, I got recruited all over the place, all, all sorts of different colleges. Um, you know, and when I heard LSU was interested, it was a big eye-opener eye for me. So, um, you know, it was always on my mind. And, um, you know, I, I felt the best decision for me was to go to LSU. And uh, so, here I am now. So, you know, you, you talk about, you know, it, it was it was a push. It was there. It was like, man, I, I got to go to that place. But let's walk it back a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, growing up playing baseball. Were there any other sports or any other loves or passions that you had? Or was it just strictly baseball out the gate? Yeah, I used to play football. I played football for about seven, eight years. Um, I love football, man. I, I, I truly believe I could have gone to, uh, to school for, for football. Um, you know, I, 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 had, I felt like I had a better future in baseball. And so I, I had to hung up the cleats in football, but, um, you know, it's for the best and, you know, I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I'm blessed to be in the position I am right now. Did you growing up, are there any brothers and sisters that you're idolizing or any family members that were athletes that, you know, you wanted to be like them? 
Um, honestly, none of my brothers and sisters are athletes. Um, I think I kind of got my work ethic and kind of like my dedication from my dad. He's uh, He works very hard um, for work and, you know, to get to where he is right now. He works very hard. So I think I got that from him. And uh, my mom, man, she pushes me to no end. She, you know, she tells me to go out there and, and uh, get in the cage, get in the gym. And, uh, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm very, very blessed to have those people in my corner. Yeah, I mean, Jim Jim can tell you, we, we have guys on from, you know, all over the country. We have girls on from all over the country. And a lot of them say the same thing is that dad's always supportive and pushes, but mom is like the, the hammer. So yeah. I feel like uh-huh. that's how it is in, in your family. But, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about when when did baseball become serious? When was it travel ball? Was it high school? When did you go, man, I got something here? Um, I think it was middle school, honestly. Um, my, my game kind of started separating a little bit from the others. Um, I, growing up, I always played up. I was always a, uh, I was always playing a, a, a grad year up. I was, I was a 2020 grad. I was always with the 2019s and, uh, I was competing really well with the 2019s and I, I kind of figured out at a young age, you know, I, I got something here and, uh, every time I'd go down to my age group, I'd always tear it up. But, um, yeah, I guess at an early age, middle school, early high school, um, I started figuring out, like, man, I, I could do, I could do something with this with my career. So when we, when we talk about seasons, um, obviously, high school baseball is is important to play. It keeps you fresh. It keeps in your loop. But like, really, travel ball is what gets you exposure. What gets you out there with the best in the country. You know, we. When we talk to athletes, we ask them about the travel or the club versus the high school. And a lot of them tend to say, you know, that their best seasons or their favorite seasons were the ones in the high school, not so much the serious ones in the club or the travel. So I'll ask you, what was what was the best season that you had, you know, from a production standpoint? But then what's your favorite season, the one you had the most fun in? Um. That's that's a tough one. Um, honestly, I think probably my sophomore year in high school was my favorite season. I I kind of tore it up. That was when uh I was getting recruited highly for college. Um, during you know, I kind of tore it up really good that year. Um, I think my all-time favorite one would probably be uh, the summer after my junior year. I was going all over the place. I was going. I mean, every major league ballpark, uh, every big showcase, um, all the USA events, you know, I I think that was my favorite uh, year. And, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a great time in high school. So when was it that you started getting recruited by colleges? I started, I got my first offer. um, I think it was eighth grade or the summer after my eighth grade year. So Man, that seems that seems early. Is that early or is that uh, pretty typical for, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to say it like high caliber recruits, because that's that's what you were. I mean, you're one of the best players in the country and obviously you're a hot commodity. And, you know, with that, does that mean at an early age? You know, schools got to get in and get their name out there and put them, you know, in your face as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, definitely. I think. You know, I, I mean, I believe in those coaches. They, get, they see something at an early age and they want to get their, their uh, name on there as soon as they can. So 
But, um, you know, I thought I was getting recruited very early, but nowadays I, these kids are getting recruited really early now. I mean, geez, like seventh grade, it seems like seventh, eighth grade. Yeah, no, we've learned more and more the more we interview. I remember, you know, another Florida date of Doug Nikhazy, you know, he came on here and he said, just like you, eighth grade. And like, he was the first one that mo most guys have came on here and said, you know, ninth or 10th grade, but then he came on and he was the first one to say before he even got into high school. And then you say the same thing. And it's like, wow, man, like, it's just like, the, it, it's so early, but like Daniel said, you got to jump on it before somebody else does. So, you know, with that, you know, before we get into the colleges that recruited you, obviously you, you chose LSU, but, you know, one of the notes on here is, you know, playing Team USA Baseball, 14U, 18U, gold medal winner. Um, tell us about the experience playing for those teams. It was great. It was great. Um, yeah, like I said, I always played up. So playing for that 18U team out of high school, I, I was like 17 years old, playing with like Bradley Green and Bobby Witt, uh, played with Leiter, actually with all those guys it was I mean that team was just really good so you know it was it was a, it was a great time great team broke a lot of records I mean it was one of the best times I ever had yeah no doubt I bet so you said you know it was LSU but you know it's not always that simple usually for for a lot of guys you know there's the other schools that you really make you think about possibly going there were there any other schools that were you know up there in the conversation for you yeah, no, I, I liked Mississippi State a lot. Um, I liked Ole Miss. Um, Florida School, I liked, I mean, Florida State, Florida. Um, I mean, just I think the separator was, you know, the, uh, you know, the fan base, the the, uh, the atmosphere over at LSU, the love, um, you know, and kind of like after college too, you know, they have, they have all the resources there. They got Marucci right in their backyard. I think that was a big separator. So that's, that's why I chose LSU. Yeah, and you, you list off those schools, and obviously LSU's got the most prestigious program of all of them, but, you know, when you list those off, you couldn't have made a bad choice. That that was the thing about it, man. That, when you got your kind of talent and you got those schools from the SEC, uh, you know, the, the good news is you could have went somewhere and been a winner no matter what. So I, I obviously think you're at the right program being a supporter of the, the purple and gold. But I got to ask you, you know, when you look at it, you were the 13th ranked player in the country by perfect game. And, you know, you know, they list you as a five-tool guy. And so what made you decide that you were going to go to college as opposed to enter the draft? Um, I don't know. It was, it was just something that I felt like I was going to miss out on if I didn't go to, to school. You know, I had all the confidence in myself. And at the time, my senior year, uh, I didn't like where they wanted me. You know, I kind of knew my worth and I, what I was worth at that point. Um, and honestly, I didn't feel, feel like I was my best self, my best version at a, at a high school. So, you know, going to a great program like LSU, um, I knew that they were going to help me develop to be the best version of myself as I could be. And um, like I said, I had all the confidence in myself. So um, I, I felt like if I went to college, I mean, it was it was going to work out my way. And, you know, I know my work ethic is is very good. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm going to be in the same position, if not even better than I was at a high school. Yeah, because, you know, the competition level in the SEC, I mean, it'll get you ready for everything, as, as you saw in your in your freshman season. And so I don't think that there's anything that can get you more prepared for pro ball. You know, it's easy for some to say, you know, just go ahead and get drafted, go through the minors. But, um, you know, I could make an argument for a case that going through the SEC gauntlet will get you more ready than single A or double A any day of the week. Um, the main reason I brought it up is, you know, 
getting complimented by, you know, media people, getting complimented by fans, um, that's one thing. But for you, your peers, we have we have interviewed four guys from four different teams that played Team USA baseball with you. And every one of them has unanimously said, whether it was Landon Sims or Jacob Gonzalez, they say you have no business in college baseball. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it gets better than when you got peers from your opposing team saying you, you got no business out there. You're too good. You're too good. What's your thought about guys like, uh, you know, especially high caliber guys like that saying that about you? That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, playing with guys like that, um, it's just, it's unbelievable to get, uh, to get noticed like that from them. Um, you know, I'm just, it's, it's uh, breathtaking for real. Um, but those guys are unbelievable. It was awesome playing, playing with those guys and playing against those guys for Team USA. And, uh, you know, I'm just blessed to, to be a part of those guys and be in, be in their corner. Yeah, but the, uh, the friendliness is over because we got a new season upon us and you're going to be going against all of them. But let's, let's talk about it. You get to Baton Rouge, you know, you, you sign with LSU. I mean, were you nervous or were you excited when you got there? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was nervous for sure. I mean, I don't even, I don't even remember my first AB. Honestly, like it was, uh, it was very nerve wracking. Um, but I was excited, man. Like, it was something I've always wanted to do: go to LSU, be a, be a dude there, and uh, just be happy to be, uh, wear purple and gold, man. Like it was something I've always wanted to do, and uh, happy to be there. What about academically? Was it, was that nerve wracking, or was it, you know, were you more worried about baseball? I mean, it's something I got to do to stay eligible, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pushing through it. I have all the help I need, man. I mean, my academic advisor, uh, Taylor Dennehy, she's helping me out a lot, uh, giving me all the tutors, everything I need to, to stay right for the season. Yeah, no doubt. So let's get into it, man. Uh, freshman 2021, perfect game, national freshman of the year last season, batting 362, 18 homers, 42 RBIs, 64 runs scored. 12 stone bases, I mean, solid across the board, to say the least. Um, how would you say, you know, just we're talking about individually right now, not team expectations, just for individual. Did you feel like you accomplished what your expectations were, at least for your, your freshman season? Yeah, I definitely do. Honestly, I was – I wasn't even – I didn't think I could do that, honestly. I was – because in high school, I didn't hit many home runs. Um, you know, I, I probably had a handful of home runs – in, in high school um but I was just trying to break 10 honestly and uh you know I'm just happy uh to have the season I did um I'm really I'm really working on this year to kind of stay consistent and and uh do what I do best with the bat and and uh, I really want to be a better outfielder get, get into the balls uh as quickly as quickly as I can and uh just you know I want to win a gold glove um by, by the time I graduate here or leave here yeah, I think it's that weight program. You know, you followed LSU social media. The Instagram account shows y'all's in the in the weight room, and uh, y'all definitely be getting after it. So I think that might have, you know, you already got the swing, but you add in that power that they had you getting in that weight room. That's why you got the eighteen bombs. <laughs> yeah, no, they uh, Jay's. Uh, we I got a little bit bigger too. Jay's big on uh, getting big in the weight room and uh, hitting homers. So he he made us he made us get a little bit bigger in the gym. So, you know, we talked about your personal expectations as a team. You know, we talk about what it means to play for LSU with, with the prestige, the talent. 
Um, Omaha is the expectation every year. There's no doubt about it uh, at that program. And obviously, you know, that didn't happen this year. But let's let's start within the SEC. You know, we talked about um, just what a gauntlet it was. I mean, just how much struggle was that, you know, um, series in and out? You know, as I, as I watched y'all, it seemed like, uh, you know, you really struggled to find your footing throughout the season, at least in regards to the SEC. Yeah, no, I think the uh, the big thing with us was those one run, two run games um, that we had in the SEC games. Um, you know, Jay's Jay, he's really helping us out, and he's I think the big separator this year is is you know uh, getting ahead on those getting ahead on those one run, two run games, and really toning in on uh, crunch time and and you know really believing and and uh, producing when we need to be producing. Um, uh, during those games yeah the uh, the game that stung it was the first time I was going to meet Cade Beloso and Alex Brady because they had just been guests on and I went and watched them to, in Oxford because that's just 50 minutes down the road and I went to the game where y'all were up nine to one and uh, blew that lead and so what a terrible time to pick to meet the LSU guys uh, that 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 one stung, stung to watch but uh, yeah no, nonetheless uh, you know it, it happened y'all had to move on and um, man I got to say, regardless of what happened throughout the regular season, we, you know, when we get to postseason, LSU did what it always does. It puts the fear in to their opponents. I mean, we get to regionals and, you know, you knock off Gonzaga and you knock off Oregon twice. Uh, first, you know, what's it like being at regionals? And then also, what's it like, I mean, knocking off the, the team that's hosting it back-to-back times like that? It's a different atmosphere and a uh, different environment for sure. I mean, you're, I, mean, I know we lost the first game and, uh, you know, we, I mean, if we go back even further uh, against the Texas A&M uh, series, we had our back against the wall, even during that, during that time, we needed to win one game or two games to advance. And we ended up doing that. And then again, we lost uh, the first game, uh, the regionals, we had our back against the wall. And uh, I think that's, that's the thing about LSU baseball, you know, they're, they're always, they always find a way when they have a back, when they have their backs against the wall. And um, we just kept, we just kept finding a way. We just kept finding to find a way to go game uh, by game and just keep, keep winning, but fell short uh, during the super regionals, but it was a good run. Yeah. On the, on the regionals, a beautiful part is I happen to be in Tampa visiting Daniel and we actually got to watch both of those games and, uh, Man, he was full on rooting for LSU with me, and, and we got to watch it. And then, you know, of course, uh, watching Fontenot shut it down. Uh, you know, that's my guy. Like, it, it was it was awesome to watch y'all beat Oregon. But you know, you talked about super regionals, and, and we we talked to him about Tennessee. You know, what was it about them? They just you know all season just seemed to have your number. Like, is is it one of those things that like were were they really that much better, or is it just you know something just wasn't clicking? Yeah, I mean, we did have a very uh, we had close games um, during SEC play, and I mean, uh, I think during I mean we had close times during the super regional. Um, you know, they, it just we couldn't find a way to pull through during those games. I don't know what it was; it just something wasn't clicking. But don't get me wrong; they were a very good program, very good team. Um, but yeah, like I said, they were we just couldn't find a way, couldn't find a way to pull through those games. Yeah, we uh we actually have had six of those guys from that team on, and you know they, you know even with what they had done to y'all in the the regular season, they were they were nervous. I mean, coming off y'all beating Oregon, 
And then, you know, LSU's LSU. They uh, they definitely weren't looking like they were just expecting to to take care of business. So they definitely gave you the respect level. Um, you know, obviously didn't play out. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you watched them in Omaha. Um, after, you know, the way they played against y'all, were you surprised by how they kind of, you know, for lack of a better description, kind of dropped the ball once they got to Omaha? Um, I'll be honest. I didn't really watch much of them play over at, in, in Omaha. I was kind of depressed after we lost. <laughs> I, I was kind of separating myself from baseball a little bit. Uh, uh, probably not a bad idea. I'll put it to you this way. I, I was in Omaha for every, every team, every game, and uh, they couldn't score a run to save their life, which is not what Tennessee was known for all season. Yeah, I gotcha. So, uh, all right. So, let's let's get on to this year, man. New year, new coach, preseason ranking of third. I mean, what what's it like in that locker room right now? What's that team's feeling? Um, it's great. I mean, obviously, we got the new staff. The new staff's great. Very professional. Um, we're in very good hands this year. Um, you know, obviously, we have the talent. We got the talent, no doubt. Um, I think we just got to put things together, you know, put everything together. And I think that's going to be – uh, separated for us and uh, we have well, I think we'll have a re- very good chance of going far so we always ask players this and you know uh, I love when you know when you're open and transparent most guys are what's the one thing that Dylan Cruz has to do to improve you know whether it be batting fielding or one of one of each thing to to become a more complete player um I think Honestly, the outfield. Honestly, um, when I improve my speed and improve my outfield skills, I will I'll have a – my game will be much better. Um, getting to those balls, getting having better routes, um, coming through the ball, uh, I just feel like if I master that as best as I can, I'll be a much better player. I got you. All right, one more question. I'm going to turn you over, Daniel. Because I know your roster, because I am a fan, besides yourself, you know, we obviously know the expectation. Who is the guy – you know, who's your teammate that you expect to have the most breakout season? You got, I know I'm sure there's a bunch of guys and they're your friends and they may listen, but I need you to pick one for me. Who, who's going to have that breakout season? Breakout season. I mean, I got to go with Barry. Honestly, we got, we got Barry this year. He, uh, you know, came over from Arizona, uh, number one prospect, um, no pressure, but I, I think that he, uh, will have a, a very good year this year. All right, well, now he knows the expectations are there. <laughs> there it is. So, you know, when we talk about expectations, obviously words like, you know, pro prospect, you know, top round pick, five tool players, you get lumped into categories like that. What is the expectation as far as like when people put those labels on you? Do you think too much about it or you just go out and just try to play every day as hard as you can and, and however people label you, they label you. Yeah, no, I, I, I go out there and play the game that I've always been playing. Um, I trust my work ethic and my process um, every single day. And um, I truly believe that, you know, the, the more work that I put in uh, off the field, the, uh, the, the results will be better on the field. And so, yeah, I, the big thing is you can't let those expectations get to you. And uh, like I said, I just go out there and play, play my game. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you're playing the kids game, right? Exactly. And it's gotta be fun. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into a little fun with you before we let you go. We're going to play a little game called this or that. Are you down? Let's do it. All right. So it's very simple. I'll give you two options. All you gotta do is choose one option or the other. 
Can't say both. Can't say neither. You got to be decisive and you got to pick one. All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm coming out of the gate hot. This, this one wasn't even a question that was, was scripted. This is one that I just came up with. What is harder to achieve? Your personal expectations or your team's expectations? So think about this year, your season coming up, what the team expectations are and what your personal expectations are. Which one of those is harder to achieve? Let's see. Um, well, we got the talent for sure. Um, I think we're going to go far, you know, I think with the talent that we have, we'll have a very good chance of going very far. I think personally, I have very high, high expectations for myself. And I think it's very hard to match those expectations. So I have to go with personal expectations on that one. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, really, if, if, you, if you achieve your personal expectations, you're probably doing pretty well as a team. So um, exactly. you, you kind of put it in perspective as you do everything that you can do. You do your part. All right. If everybody on the team does their part, the success will be there. So, um, but I can, I can see that definitely. So who has better food, Florida or Louisiana? Louisiana for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's part of the reason why I came there because <laughs> of the food. It's hard to say no to that. I'm sure. Exactly. What, what, what do you like better? Right field or center field? I like center field the best. I get better reads. I can see where the ball's being pitched uh, out of the hand and, you know, have a better jump. And I just, I like center field better. What's uh, at the next level? What's the projection? Where are you at? Uh, I want to play center field for, you know, the rest of my career as long as I can, honestly. Um, we talked about my, you know, my ability that I have to play center and, you know, my expectations of what I want to do as a as an outfielder. You know, I want to be a better outfielder, be faster, uh, have better routes. And um, if I trust my process and my work ethic, I feel like I'll be able to stay there uh, for a very long time. So what gets you further in life, being smart or being funny? Uh, smart, for sure. Yeah. Would you rather get on base a lot but not hit any home runs, or would you rather hit a bunch of home runs but strike out a lot? Oof, that's a tough one because nowadays it's all about home runs. Um, personally, I don't like striking out, so I got to go with uh, getting on base a lot and uh, not hitting many home runs. Daniel, for the exception of Liam Spence, who you would expect that answer from out of like the 50 baseball players, I think he's the first one. Am I, am I, am I wrong? Yeah, he's the first one. And to be honest, Liam said that and turned around and hit like six home runs in a matter of two weeks. I was like, what the hell's going on with this guy? <laughs> so the, the, next, um, the next question has turned into this phenomenon where people – are giving us all kinds of answers and justifications. So I figured I'll throw you into the mix of this too. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I knew this. I knew this was a question you're going to ask me. I say this every time a hot dog is a sub. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, all right. Look, it's, uh, like, 
you gotta you gotta the same type of bread all right it's it's a sandwich is two different two slices that's a, that's a new answer for us daniel he is the first one to say it's a sub but you gotta then ask him about the other one all right so is a hamburger a sandwich Oof. yeah i'm saying it's a sandwich so two slices I, of bread. Well, so some people have said if it's on a bun, it can be considered a sandwich. But then I'm like, then they'll turn around and say a hot dog is not a sandwich, but isn't a hot dog on a hot dog bun? So like yeah. there, there's you can see how like the this question has spurred a lot of controversy. So needless to say, I don't think there is a right answer, but I'll tell you my answer and a hot dog is definitely not a sandwich. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> All right, next question. This is the next two are staple questions. We ask every guest these two questions. Would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail? 10 years in a coma, five years in jail. Oh, God. Um... Ooh, probably 10 years in a coma because that'd be a very, very good sleep right there. I don't, <laughs> think I, could, I don't think I could spend five years in prison. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in there. My my dude, my dude, you, you're, you're saying you're, you're saying everything that I try to tell these cats when they come on and they 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 try to be someone they're not on here. They try to go, oh, give me five years in jail for sure. I'm like, no. And Daniel, what's always funny is, you know, the football player and the MMA fighters, they pick coma and the baseball players always come on here and take jail. And it's like, y'all don't want that smoke. No, nope. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. All right. Last question before we cut, cut you loose. Would you rather have friends or money? Friends for sure. For sure. All right. Let me let me break it down to you a different way. All right. Because I had a feeling you were going to say that. Would you rather be the first pick in the draft? First round, first pick. And they said, in order to be this, you can have no friends. <laughs> you can make new ones, but all your friends right now, cut, cut them loose. Or you can be the last pick in the draft and you get to keep all your friends. What, what are you choosing? I'll pick last pick and have all my friends for sure. Because, I mean – it doesn't matter if you're first or last in the draft. You all start the exact same place. So I I, I would respectfully disagree because <laughs> you would it, it, this year. That's an eight million dollar hit. <laughs> so yeah. so you're not you're not ending you're not starting in the same place. You're actually starting in a much better place. Yeah. <laughs> Bump them friends. You can find new ones. Buy new ones. Everybody wants to be your friend. I mean, you're a good dude. I mean, the 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 folks can't see it, but the flow and the mustache is on point. You're a good dude, man. Dylan, anything you want to plug or promote before we let you go? I got nothing, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, man. Anytime, any place, you name it, we'll be there. We'll love to talk to you. And if there's anything we can promote for you along the way, let us know. But we hope a lot of success for you guys and the LSU baseball team this season. Um, hopefully we'll have you back on before the season starts or before you guys get into SEC play, see how it's going, check in. Um, but more than anything, man, we wish you the best. Thank you, guys.
All right, that's Dylan Cruz. Y'all follow him on Instagram at d.cruz25 or at LSU Baseball. If you like hearing that story or more stories like Dylan's, or if you just want to hear Average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everyone next week for episode 17, where we will be discussing and starting the new year off with, surprise, surprise, more baseball, baby. We have Mississippi State commit Brock Tapper and one of the brightest coaching minds in the game, Hayden Tapper, joining us. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763.